Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. You know what I like to do after a long, hard day of drinking? Listen to this podcast. It's time for Brewing After Hours with Sarah Flora. It's like sunshine for the belly. Hi, I'm Sarah Flora. You may know me as Flora Brewing on Instagram and YouTube, where I dive into the technical aspects of making beer. My new podcast, Brewing After Hours, is going to take a different look at the history and stories behind beer. I'm going to bring you a story a week, as well as conversations with homebrewers and professionals in the industry. And of course, we'll be cracking some beers along the way. After Hours, I'm Sarah Flora. On today's episode, we're covering innovative marketing. During the pandemic, breweries started to realize that they needed to develop more ways to engage consumers given that they couldn't go into their tap rooms. So one brewery in particular launched an app, and this isn't like your run-of-the-mill buy-things app. They literally created a magical new world for customers to engage with the characters that actually show up on their beer labels. That brewery is Great Notion Brewing in Portland, Oregon. We'll talk to the CEO, Paul Ryder, in just a bit. But first, let's talk about content and marketing. This past week, I celebrated a milestone, reaching 20,000 subscribers on my YouTube channel. And if you haven't checked that out, it's just Flora Brewing. I've had people reach out asking what it takes to launch a YouTube channel and create content while still staying engaged on other platforms like Instagram, Patreon, so I thought this would be a great opportunity to get into that and share some tips. Late fall of 2019 is when I finally got my YouTube channel going. Prior to this, I'd been posting photos on Instagram and short videos of me brewing. Uh, Over the past year and a half, There's one thing that stuck with me that I think has aided in my success, and that is that mistakes are your friend. I find that one of the most consistent comments I get are people thanking me for showing me screwing up. Brewing can be so intimidating to people who are just starting out. There's so much vocabulary and math if you're not using the calculators. It can seem like learning a whole new language or taking an entire semester course in school. It is so much to get through and a lot of people I think try to dive headfirst instead of just starting with the basics you know you got to learn one plus one equals two before you can go into advanced calculus I think this is one of the reasons that showing myself someone who's been brewing for years now completely screwing up not hitting targets you know just everything going wrong at all times and I think it shows people that you don't have to be perfect to make a good beer. So if you are going to start a YouTube channel, I would honestly say try to play into your strengths. One of my strengths is screwing things up and just kind of hoping that they turn out well. And a lot of times they do. Sometimes they don't. I've definitely made a bad beer in my day. Another piece of advice is if you're going to start a channel, pay attention to your gear I've found that having a lav mic is so nice. It just makes your audio sound so much better. I've started actually using my 
iPhone, I just got a 12, and the video is beautiful. So if you're in a pinch and you've got your phone, why not just record some video? It works out most of the time. Now let's hear from Paul of Great Notion Brewing about his background in music and tech and how that experience has helped with his marketing strategy for the brewery. Welcome to the show. Thanks for taking the time to chat with me. So this episode is all about innovative marketing, which Great Notion is no stranger to. Between the way you guys package your beer and engage with your customers, with the app that you launched this year, obviously you have your team, you and your team understand how important creativity and marketing is in every aspect of the beer business. And you guys keep it fun. I love your labels and everything that they're always like so eye-catching whenever you see them so i'm happy to have you on the show how did your background in pr sales marketing um you worked in the music industry and in the tech industry so you obviously have like kind of a more broad understanding of what marketing and pr is in the general creative space over just like diving straight into beer um, so how are you using your experiences there to engage the craft beer community and kind of how has it inspired you? Sure. Uh, yeah, good, great question. I knew nothing about beer prior to launching Great Notion with my neighbors. So I, I liked wine and I don't know. I mean, I liked beer, but it wasn't like wasn't like my major thing or whatever. I kind of like bourbon and, and wine and whatever else. Right. But I, uh, I moved to Portland from Philly in 2005 and um met some neighbors well later on because we didn't start great notion until you know five ten years later but um our neighbors and i uh really bonded over beer they were two home brewers james and andy and they lived just a couple doors down they lived literally across the street from each other and they had become friends just you know one day andy was was checking out james's garage and, and saw him doing home brewing in there and so they started talking about homebrew and started brewing together and one day i was walking back with my family um, I think we were having a block party and we were walking from like one side block to the other. They're like, yo, come here. Come, you guys got to try some of our beer and hang out or whatever, you know? So we started hanging out. We all had two kids. Kids are outside all playing. And, you know, the night gets later. I get more drunk on their homebrew. And I was like, holy shit. Like, why are you guys not doing this professionally? And they said, you know, we talked about it, but we don't really know what to do. And I, I was just blown away because I had never had a hazy IPA. This is 2014. Okay. And um, no one was making them on the West Coast, or at least not in the Northwest up here. And, you know, it blew my mind. I was like, dude, like, let's do this. Let me let me help you guys. You know, I had just gotten an MBA from Babson and my focus is on entrepreneurship. And I'm just I love creative, weird, fun shit. I love music and comics and video games and, you know, that kind of stuff. And I was like, dude, I can definitely help you guys. Like, you know, I, I want to help you raise some money. You know, I want to I want to help make this fun. I, I know business. I love talking to banks and lawyers and they're like, we hate that shit. We don't want to talk to media, banks, accountants, none of that. We just want to make beer. So to this day, they still just want to make beer. They don't want to do anything else. So everything else, the company basically rolls up to me. And so, you know, I've taken us on a weird, they probably didn't want to come out with an app and do all this other crazy stuff. So that's kind of, that's the Paul focus of it all. Um, but it's, it's great. I think we have an amazing partnership because there's three of us that all have a really diverse skill set. So it's kind of like a three-way yin and yang. Like James is super creative coming up with all the recipes and ideas. Uh, Andy's all about our production space and quality control and scaling up the recipes. 
And then I handle everything else, you know, business, marketing, finance, whatever, HR, all, all that shit rolls up to me. And so we're all in our corners doing our respective things. And we meet once a week together and, you know, I don't know, keep things moving ahead. That's awesome. It's kind of crazy to see how fast you guys have expanded. And I think it's just a testament to how well you obviously work together. Definitely a challenge to like stay cool when you are getting bigger. Like we don't want to seem like a franchise, you know, we don't want a great person on every corner, you know, in, in Portland and Seattle. I just think it would look way too corny. Um, so yeah, it's a challenge. And we talk about it every day. Like there, I don't know if you've ever been up here. There's this company McMenamins, right? They have 60 locations all, all through Oregon, Washington, I think Idaho even, right? They buy these amazing old buildings and, and turn them into super cool, like looks like a thrift shop for whatever reason, right? But on every table, there's like 20 cards, like place cards on the table that tell you about upcoming events or buy this or buy that, this menu and that, you know, it's just when we want people to come in, it's like we were talking the other day, we're like, how can we, you know, sell merchandise when someone comes in, but without making it corny as hell, we don't want to like put it right in your face. And and it's just that we constantly talk about how do we stay cool yet keep growing as well. And it's definitely a tough business decision. You know, since you eventually want to open your own brewery too, that's some great advice I have for you too, is just. It's hard to do everything. Like I look at these other breweries where the head brewer is also doing the business books and he's doing Instagram himself and everything or, or herself. It's just hard. So you definitely have to get some great partners and, and divvy up responsibilities. Yeah. And I'm slowly learning this. I realized that I get sucked into the marketing and whatever. And then I neglect making beer. I made two beers this year. And I'm like, what the hell am I doing? I brewed on Monday and I'm just like, Oh, so this is why I'm in this business because I actually love making beer. I don't love recording and editing video and recording a podcast. I like, I legitimately just want to creatively make beer. And fortunately, shout out to Ash, my business partner, who is behind the scenes and everything. She takes a lot off my plate so that I actually do have time to do that kind of thing. But yeah, having a team is like key. And I'm the opposite of you. I think like, Oh, talk to a lawyer or business person or a bank, please never. No, I'd rather just like be by myself and like be tinkering than doing any of that stuff. (laughs) So you guys obviously launched in 2016. You have five locations and that is some serious rapid growth. So what do you feel early on really got customers' attention and helped you develop the following you have today and helped you expand so quickly? Sure. A lot of people might think it's super fast growth, but for the type of brewery and the type of the business model we have, I feel it it all makes sense and and was done at a moderate or acceptable rate. Because if we were a distributed brewery, what if we opened five new states? Like what if all of a sudden we're distributing in five new states? People would be like, oh, that's kind of normal. They've been around five years. Why not five new states? So it's five locations, five years. It's not, in my mind, it's not that big of a deal because our goal was always to sell all of our beer, you know, direct to consumers. So we, after we were drinking these hazy IPAs and started brewing them, right. And we were the first brewery in the Northwest to make a hazy IPA. And I feel like that's how we um, caught on quickly, you know, with the media and, you know, people that hated IPAs, like, we're like, holy shit, I actually really like IPAs. I didn't know that or whatever, you know? Um, And so that's, that's what helped uh, gain our momentum. But as we were learning and studying and drinking and brewing hazy IPAs, you know, back then they were called new England style IPAs. You know, we wanted, we, we kind of modeled our business after Treehouse or Alchemist who makes Petty Topper or, you know, Trillium, those breweries in the New England area, and they all sell direct to customers. And that's what we wanted to focus on. We did not want to be a distributor brewery. 
So the only way to sell more beer direct to customers, if they can't come to Portland and Portland's real tiny is, you know, we had to open one on the other part of town or we had to open one in the suburbs or we had to open one up in Seattle because we're like, all right, the next biggest market. We've had people that for a year, a year or two, were driving down from Seattle every weekend to buy our beer. And that's a three and a half hour ride, you know, back and forth or whatever, at least three each way just to buy like a couple cases from us and go back up. So we're like, dude, we just got to go to Seattle. So that's, that's why we took that step up there. I have a place up in Washington and Bremerton. Yeah, I know people up there who will like go down to Portland for like their health food store. It blows my mind. You're driving between two like major metropolitan cities in three and a half hours to go grocery shop. <laughs> like, you know, living in California, everything seems like astronomically far away. But uh, I love it up in the Pacific Northwest. So I uh, wanted to pick your brain. So you guys do shipping directly to customers now too, right? So how did that come about? It just goes back to the business model that we want to sell all our beer direct to customers, right? I don't want to have a distributor in the way, be the middleman, you know, them, then they're controlling the quality. They're controlling the message with the customer. They're taking 30%, right? And, you know, and then we're not in charge of it all at all. Our beer could just be sitting in people's trucks warm or who knows what, right? So we want to, we want to own the relationship with our customers and sell the beer direct to them. And the only way to do that is either to open a physical location, right? which costs half a million dollars each time or, or whatever, anywhere from a couple hundred grand to a million, you know, depending on how nice you want your place, how big, whatever, right? So we could do that in all these other cities if we wanted. Or I said, you know what, why can't we ship? Why don't we open a virtual location and ship direct? Are we allowed to do this? And so we started looking into this way before the pandemic hit. You know, a lot of people, pip, stupid word, whatever, right? A lot of people changed their fucking business model and started looking at delivery and shipping during when the pandemic hit. But a year and a half prior to that, we were talking about an app and working on the design of it first and then starting, you know, to pay developers to work on the coding. Um, so that, that's how it all took place. We're like, let's open a virtual location, you know? Yeah. And I like before the pandemic, it was extremely rare to see any breweries shipping. What are the laws like? I'm just I'm just so fascinated because like it popped up out of like nowhere, seemingly. They definitely changed delivery laws during the pandemic. But yeah, so so shipping laws. First off, it sucks, right? It's <laughs> the wine industry hired. They're rich. They hired all these lobbyists, and now you can ship wine direct to like forty-five states or something like that. Beer, you still can't. Beer, every state's different, and you really have to look into the laws in every single state. Every state has. There's like five components to it too. There's number one is like, are you allowed to ship into state A from state B, right? If you are allowed, what's all the paperwork you got to do? If you are allowed, how many, how much, like quantities, right? Are you allowed a case? Are you allowed half a case? And and then you got to really look into it. How often are you allowed? So, for example, um, we can't ship beer from Oregon direct to customers in Washington from our Oregon brewery. So what we had to do is open a stupid new little location. We actually have like, so instead of five, we actually have like a couple more but they're like hidden secret stupid ones that we just need literally just to get around these shipping laws so we have this one little stupid place where we just drive the beer right over the bridge drop it off there every day and then ups picks it up from there so from there we're allowed to ship direct to customers in washington um and then we're not allowed to ship beer from oregon to pennsylvania my hometown philly all the way around the country but we're allowed to ship beer from washington to pennsylvania so because we're licensed up in Washington, because we have these tap rooms up there. 
So we have to drive the Philly beer, the, the Pennsylvania beer, up to Vancouver, Washington, and then it gets picked up and shipped from there to Pennsylvania. So the laws suck. There's about, uh, for all the other breweries listening that want to start shipping, there is about, I think, eight friendly states that will let any other state ship into them. Um, I think it's New Hampshire, Vermont, uh, Nebraska, Ohio. I don't remember. North Dakota. They can look into it. Let them look at Kentucky just allowed it. Kentucky's dope. They get a 10 case, 10 case limit per house per month, which is awesome. Pennsylvania, the limit's only half a case per month. Yeah, I always find it so surprising that wine is so different than beer. Yeah, like I order cases of wine because like I have a couple of wineries that I like and the shipping is free. The free shipping is something we've been waiting. We're just wondering how much to charge, right? Because obviously we have to pay it, right? We have to pay UPS something. So that's a business decision. Do we want to eat the cost or not? We're thinking we might start doing it if you buy a case or more, but it, it's something we're still mulling over. Real quick, one small thing just about this. You said that the laws are super old, right? And um, there is some good news. Since the pandemic, Kentucky did just open up. They never allowed that pandemic. And all of a sudden now you're allowed and it's a 10 case limit, which is awesome. I think Alabama might open it up soon because my partner Andy's from Alabama and he, he heard that. So a lot of states are thinking about changing these laws. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, I feel like the pandemic kind of changed a lot of stuff in that way. All right. So let's talk about your illustration. That's actually why I started buying your beer. Our illustrator lives in your neck of the wood. Yeah, he lives in LA. His name's Chad Eaton. And he's, I recommend everyone follow him because he's fucking amazing. And it's his Instagram and, and website, Timber PS. So at T I M B E R P S. He's amazing. Please follow him, buy his stuff. I love it. When you're dreaming up designs for the company, like what kind of statement were you trying to make? We totally were trying. So this was 2017. And we were, you know, gaining in popularity. We had just signed a lease on our new production facility. And we were like, all right, we need to start really locking down what our labels are going to look like. We tried to work with one or two people first. We just didn't all love it. We liked it, but didn't love it. And then Chad Eaton's artwork, just we were one day just staring at our walls. And we had this guy's paintings on our place. And we're like, because we had a long time ago Googled like Lumberjack artwork. Let's hang it out, you know, because it fits Portland. And they're like, let's just reach out to him. Why not, dude? Right. So we hit him up. And just had seen if he wanted to draw something from us. And I wanted the concept to be the same vibe for every label to keep a brand consistency. So I said, I kind of want the label to look like a forest on every beer we make. And then maybe each brand. And we, we don't really even have like consistent, but we have like five flagship beers and everything else basically rotates. But I was like, maybe the maybe we could give them character because Chad Eaton had already drawn like a bear doing something and a skeleton doing something, a Sasquatch even doing something. But we're like, we want to personalize it towards Great Notion and just want to see if he'd be open to that. So these were originally like a couple of his characters and we just envisioned them in our sort of way and style. And so we have a contract with him, of course, where, you know, we get to choose what they're doing and it's totally different from his own thing. And we, we eventually created background stories. So on our app, you can read like the whole origin stories of, of all of our characters. I want to create like a Marvel universe, you know, like comic book universe or, or the Great Notion world and bring it into life. And that's what's coming with the app later, the augmented reality. But basically our characters, we just wanted to switch the characters on the beer, on the label, but keep it a forest theme. Now we have other themes because the forest got a little old. So now we have a beach based theme, a tropical beach. So we have like three different beaches. We got the East Coast beach, the tropical beach, the Oregon beach. I love that. I think it's actually super helpful that so obvious that it's your beer. Like you don't have to read the like label at all to know. 
For being so direct to consumer and being in the Pacific Northwest, it actually is surprising to me how familiar I am like with your can design because I, it's just like you see it and you know it's you. Once in a while, a couple times a year, we'll send beer down to LA through Guardian distributors we'll use. And it's just a drop. We kind of rotate. We try to sell like, it's not 100%. We try to sell like 90% to customer direct. And then, I mean, if they don't live in Oregon, Washington, our state where we are allowed to ship, then a few times a year, maybe it's once a quarter or three times a year, whatever, we'll just do a drop there, right? So in LA, yeah, every couple months, you'll see a bunch of great Notion beers. It, hopefully, it's all the cool bottle shops, you know? Yeah. So uh, let's talk about the app. Everyone loves the app. I got it the other day. And I was actually laughing out loud when I was watching the like beginning stream. So some background. During the pandemic, you guys launched, launched the Great Notion Brewing app to keep customers engaged at home by inviting them to join your Timber crew. So you can find this app in the App Store. It's just called Great Notion and super easy to find. Again, it was hilarious. Quality is so good. And it's genuinely funny. Um, I think a lot of companies during the pandemic kind of, they all wanted to jump onto this like digital wave. And I think a lot of them scrambled and put out things that fell very flat and like were obviously done just in a rush and just to like try to promote themselves. You guys' app is obviously a huge exception. And I know that you were talking about you guys starting the app idea like before the pandemic even hit. So can you talk about the idea behind it, how you guys came to work on it and everything about it. Sure. Yeah. It just, it goes back. Sorry. I'm saying kind of the same thing, but it just goes back to the business model, how to sell direct to customers. Right. And so we envision being able to ship to them or deliver to them locally. The only way to do it is to build a virtual location. It sounds like a corny business thing, but it's like, all right, we can either spend half a million dollars, open a new fucking tap room in every city in Oregon and Seattle or whatever in Washington area. Or we could just hopefully build this badass like online thing where people can order the beer from. And hopefully the laws will get smarter over time and we'll be well positioned to ship to everyone because we'll already have this like infrastructure in place. You know, so we had been planning this, like we filled out paperwork to be able to deliver locally in Portland, but just never rolled it out until the pandemic hit. And then it's, I mean, I don't want to say it was fortuitous that the pandemic fucking hit because it sucks that millions of people are dying, right? But but luckily for us, we had planned for this regardless to be able to, to deliver and ship to people. So, yeah, so we started delivering, you know, next day delivery. And a lot of people do that now throughout America. They're, they're delivering beer next day. But what we're, what we're doing with the next version of our app that's going to come out hopefully in two weeks is uh, we pri- they call it private label or white label. But basically, we're going to use DoorDash to deliver to customers like same day, you know, within a couple hours or whatever it is, an hour or two, we'll let you pick a, a time slot and we'll deliver to you from all five of our locations. Cause right now we don't deliver up in Seattle yet. We just deliver in Portland and it's like within like a, I don't know, like an eight mile radius or something like that of our one tap room. But real soon we'll deliver from all five with DoorDash and then shipping. Like I said, we had rolled out. I think we're up to about 12 States now. And we're still trying to figure out little sneaky ways, you know, to, 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 to ship into other states. Um, I don't know. One day here, I'll tell you guys first. One day, hopefully, we'll open a California spot, right? And then we'll be able to ship to everywhere in California. And then once we do that, then hopefully, I think California, I call it unlocking new states. Because once we unlock Washington, we unlock, we got to ship to PA. Hopefully, I think when we unlock California, we're allowed to ship to like Idaho and New Mexico or something. There's like a couple others we get from there. So weird. 
which doesn't make any sense. You would think like, well, you would think like the West Coast, you would be able to ship through out all of it because like the, our three states are like, you know, they agree on everything basically. And they have like all these like treaties together and it's like, oh, but we can't ship alcohol within them. Cool. <laughs> the biggest thing, every time we post a new state that we're allowed to ship to or start and ship to, the biggest thing everyone says is California, 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 or New York, New York, New York. And so just to let everyone know who's listening, you need to legally open a brewery in California in order to be able to ship to customers in California. So we can't just ship to Cali unless we open a brewery. So we may or may not be working on that. I mean, those things take time. Those things take time though. So as you start your journey in the opening of an actual brewery, it could take years. You know, it's, it all depends on your city or County that you're opening the permitting the people building out your brew house and how long they take, they might tell you it's four months, but then it'll turn out to be six or eight, whatever, you know, the construction team, how long that's going to fucking take, you know, and anything can happen, dude. Your landlord could turn out to be an asshole. There's like lots of so many things that could happen. Your financing could fall through. Your investors could fall through. Like this is why I don't like the business side of it. It's totally true. When people say it's going to take double the amount of time and cost double the amount of money. It, it is it, Every time it does. Yeah, that's just kind of the same with thing with everything. Oh, you're remodeling a house. Oh, yeah, it's going to be two years. So a lot of breweries were focused on bringing technology into the breweries um, during the pandemic because we were kind of forced to. How do you think this will have an impact on future beer marketing? I think the whole world has officially changed. Like so many businesses are even saying like you never need to come in person again. Like our brewers kept brewing the whole pandemic and our restaurant staff, you know, basically trimmed down and we kept people there to just do pickups though, like beer pickups that never really shut down. But other than that, I told all our staff, like if you're working a finance team and we're, we're not huge, we have like one or two people in finance, one or two people in marketing, you know, and another operations or whatever. But those people, like my core team, I'm like, all right, we never, I think I said this like three months into the pandemic last year. So like June ish or whatever, I was like, Okay, you guys officially never, ever have to return to the office ever again. I don't care. Like, you don't need to be there. You know, and now it's a year later. I'm kind of telling them it might be cool if we all just go in like once a week or once a month just to bond again once we're all vaccinated, you know. But we officially don't need to be in an office nine to five Monday through Friday anymore. Like, I don't care if you're physically next to me. As long as I know you're on Slack and talking to me, Slack's a great tool. I highly recommend everyone using or something like it. Will the world return to normal? Should we? Should we market like normal? So I think marketing like normal is going to stay like pandemic normal, not pre-pandemic normal. I think Facebook and Instagram advertising is going to be huge. And any other kind of digital advertising is definitely eclipsing like physical in-presence type of shit. Everyone lives on their fucking phone. And since the pandemic started, people even live on their phone more. If you get your pop-up on Sundays, Apple's telling you like, you were on your screen fucking 16 hours this week or whatever, you know, it was. So I recommend marketing digitally. That's my personal recommendation. What do you guys have new coming out? Any new beers, something fun, more stuff on the app? Yeah. So the next version of our app, version three, we've been working on since August, I think, of last year. So it's been almost like eight months or something like that. So hopefully it comes out this month. I've been saying that forever. So that's going to have the DoorDash. So delivery. So if you live in the Seattle area or Portland area, we will now be able to deliver beer to your house like in an hour or so versus the next day. The, the next thing is a game. So we're finally adding like a couple of video games into the app, which we've been talking about forever. 
but we're putting that in there. Hopefully the augmented reality characters will make it in this one as well. If not, it's going to be another month or two. That's like the hardest thing. And we spent way too much money on something that's not arguably not going to make us any money just literally because I wanted to make video games and augmented reality because it's fun as shit. And we want to keep fear fun. That's kind of our, our logo. Oh, sorry. That's our slogan for this year is keep beer fun um, with the way you drink it, the way it looks, the way we sell it to you, the way, you know, the whole great notion experience. Um, all right. So besides the app and those two like major new things, new beers, I mean, smoothie style beers are kind of the hot shit for 2021. They were last year. We just, our brewers never really wanted to make it. We were always scared about refermentation and cans exploding, but we figured out a, a badass way to make it. Knock on wood, none of our cans explode. They're fucking great, but specifically the smoothies. So the smoothies are like half juice, like literally they're half juice. They're thick as shit. Like, have you ever had an odd walla smoothie? Yeah, they're thick. They're thick as that. Yes. Or they're like an orange Julius. They're like literally. It's because after the beer is done, like fermenting, we then add in like and like we'll double the volume almost of with like actual fruit puree. So they're thick as hell. Like they're really like making us super thick smoothie yourself and your Vitamix or whatever. That's what they're like. So that's the next hot shit. Not just a fruited sour, but the smoothies. So yeah, so look out for, we have um, a, a series called Mellifluous. That's our, it's got a lava lamp on the front. So that's the new smoothie series. But they taste like, I mean, the last one we did was like banana strawberry smoothie. And then we did one, a, a collabo with Claim 52, where it tasted like a raspberry banana graham cracker cinnamon pie. And it's just, it, it tastes like you put pie in a blender and, and drank it. That's wild. Interesting. Yeah, I'm definitely going to have to get my hands on some of those. Well, hopefully I can make it up to Washington so I can get some in your Seattle location. Let everyone know where to keep up with you guys. At Great Notion. That's the website. That's the Instagram. It's the Facebook. Well, thanks so much for joining me. This was awesome. Well, all right. Well, yeah, thanks so much for having me. Thanks for listening to Brewing After Hours on the Believe Podcast Network. Find the show and lots of other great shows at Believe.com. If you're digging the show, please subscribe and rate the show on your preferred streaming platform. A special thank you to Honus Honus, the lyrical genius behind my favorite band, Man Man, who created the song you hear at the beginning of my podcast. Check the band's new album and more at manmanbands.com and at manmanbandsband on Instagram. If you're looking for some homebrewing tips, make sure to follow me on Instagram at flora underscore brewing or subscribe to Flora Brewing on YouTube. For ad-free brewing tutorials and reviews, plus more one-on-one experience, become a Patreon member. It's just Patreon backslash Flora Brewing. Now, I really need a drink. I'll catch up with you all next week. Thanks again for listening and a friendly reminder to support your local craft brewery.
Well, all right. Well, yeah, thanks so much for having me. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.